Well, I've already said it. We're, we're talking about gathering for unity today, and if, if you're this, that video is sort of being played each week. And one of the things it talks about is being of one body. Now, some of you will relate more than this. some of you are young, going, you know what? My body works perfectly fine together. Some of you are in that spot, but even some of you, even that you're young, you might find, oh, my body's not always wanting to work the way it wants to work. Maybe you've already got glasses or, or something else is happening. But as you get older, what you find is your body is not always agreeing with each other. Um, anyone got any aches or pains today? Um, anyone sort of um, hearing aid turned on? Like um, we've got a bit of that happening. We've got eyesight sort of lessons. And so you, you, all those things you used to be able to read, you start doing this. Or like, or you, hey guys, what does this say? Just like lighting's bad. Like, what does this say? Like, you, we we do all those kinds of things. And so, when your body, and that's not, those are the things that we're aware of. And then, like, but then there's stuff internally that doesn't want to connect with each other and go, oh, so we go, you go to the doctor. What's wrong with me? And the doctor goes, do you want the whole list today? Like, um, and and all of a sudden you think, oh, this is what life is 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 going to be. It's going to keep going this way. And and okay, good news, bad, or bad news, good news. Yes. Part of, of, of life is getting older. It is getting to the point that we come to death. That is part of the problem of sin. Good news, though, is that once we get to the other side of that, you'll have a brand new body that works together all the time forever as we are in eternity. So that's a, that's a really big praise point. But Jesus, um, or Paul uses this analogy of, of being one body. And and the thing is, like, again, I've, I've probably been part of churches that have been like this. I've heard of churches that have been like this, that the body that they are gathered all of a sudden works against each other or tears itself. And all of a sudden we have a leg wanting to do something over here and, and the heart is wanting to do something here and, and the stomach is over here and we don't even want to touch what the bowel is wanting to do. Like, um, we don't want to go there. But the thing is that the body doesn't work together. If the, if the church as one family, as one body is not in unity, all the things that we get as a benefit of gathering all the things that we are called to do out of that gathering and being one body gets affected if if you have a church that is unless you are unified in doing the wrong thing like that's that's not a good place to go but if you are not unified about the mission of god all of a sudden you are fighting over what we should be doing and, 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 and what is best to do and, and this to do. And all of a sudden, people are, instead of using their gifts to actually reach the lost, we're having fights about how we should do that. And I'm going, so that never doesn't actually achieve anything. Um, uh, for, for me, I find that like when it comes to, to discussing things, you can spend a lot of time planning to do something which never is achieved. And so that's not really what God is wanting us to do. So we, we need to be unified. We need to be one body to, to be effective as God's church, to actually be able to bless one another in, in that. And so we've, last few weeks, we've talked about, what have we talked about as we gather? We talked about week one, it was we gather for... Okay, this is actually a bit sad because I'm feeling very disencouraged right now. So we gather for... Encouragement. Oh, there we go. Ah, like I don't have to cry up front in front of everyone now. Um, week two, we gather for rhythm. Now, that is not dancing. It's not playing the guitar like Dave. 
Um, if you want to, you can, but like, I'm not, it's not, that's not what it means. So it is about the ebb and flow and the rhythm of the church as we work together and we have fellowship. We are able to worship together. We are able to serve together. We are able to encourage one another. We are able to, to meet in different ways. And so one thing rhythm does need is a, like that, a natural flow of things. Like, have you ever dammed up, like it's been raining a little bit and there's some water flowing down, it sort of created a bit of a creek and you dam it up and all of a sudden below that little dam that you've created all of a sudden goes dry and it goes dry for however long the water was going for. But as soon as you pull that, that dam up or whatever you put in there to stop it, it begins to flow again. But if you keep pulling up and down and, and, and putting it back into place... All of a sudden, the wood will come, it'll stop, it'll get so far, and, and it stops being that, that, that rhythm, that flow that is meant to happen. And so there is an importance of, and this is where we, we not only have to be sort of planning to do it, but we need to be praying for those who are unable like to, to consistently meet together. Whether here in this place, whether with others um, in small groups, whether catching up one-on-one with people, if if you are not present for for if you are not being able to connect with that body that one body all of a sudden it is very hard to actually get that rhythm flowing and 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 I've seen it in different things I've, I remember when I first started doing youth ministry I think the very first week so I was probably around about eighteen nineteen and had all the excitement in the world and the first week we had like twenty five kids rock up and I was this is awesome. And so um, the pattern that had been shown to me when I went through youth group, you'd have some fun nights, but we'd also have Bible study nights. And so I think week three, we had our first Bible study. We had three kids rock up. I was gutted. I'm going, where, where are all those kids that were coming along those first few weeks? Where, where are they all gone? And I'm, I'm a failure. And I'm, so all of a sudden, and some very, some very wise words sort of encouraged me through that. But the thing is, it was like that, that consistency for that ministry, we needed to build that up. We actually needed to move kids from like just wanting to do fun things to being wanting to go deeper in their faith. And that won't happen automatically. But it was, that was, that became our goal. How do we increase that? How do we engage them more in those times? And so, um, so we looked at, we gather for, um, um, strength in last week. So each, your strength, will add to other people's strength. Our faith in God will help other people's faith in God. The experiences that we've had with God will, will be a testimony to others. And so we need to be actually quite, um, we were talking about this at uh, uh, our discipleship time on Friday afternoon, is that one of the ways that we stay focused on God is actually sharing that with others. Our story, and that actually reinforces our faith because we remember it. It reinforces other people's faith. And so it's important for us to share what God has been doing. And I, I will always encourage you to do that. And so today, as we said, we're, we're talking about gathering for unity. And when we look at Matthew eighteen twenty, it says, For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Now, again, I'm glad that you are all here. But if it was only a couple of you here, that would be enough for us. Jesus would be present. And what happens, all of a sudden, we are gathered in his name. 
and we are unified with Jesus. Our unity flows out of that idea. If, if you just want to join a club, then you join a club. If you want to join a social group, if you want to join in for activities, but as a church, we do all that, but we do all that because our heart is to be able to gather with Christ, to grow in him, to learn from him, to see his kingdom come around us. Um, If you think about this for a moment, when we gather and unify ourselves in the name of Jesus, he gathers with us too. And if that's not a good enough reason to pursue unity, then I don't know what it is. And there are lots of different ways we can do this. And it's all of a sudden like you are, you, you actually can be released. You can, you can gather with others in the name of Jesus over coffee. You can do it over a meal. You can do it at someone's home. You can do it in a small group. You can do it here as well, but you've got all those other opportunities where we gather together for the purpose of gathering in his name. There are so many opportunities for us to gather together and experience the presence of Christ. But again, it all happens in his name. And that just means that you are gathering under the authority and the direction of Jesus, which is ultimately what we do when we come together. We unify ourselves in Christ and amazingly we get him too. I suppose it's one of those things, if you, if, you, if you ever sense disunity, I suppose the question, are we gathering under the name of God? Are we, are we gathering for a different purpose other than that? What we see once we, when we gather in Christ, there is actually a blessing that comes with unity. Um, you know how I sort of said at the start, it can be a bit like this with some people. It can, we, they, they rub us the wrong way, or maybe, maybe it's all you. Maybe it's all them, like um, maybe it's a bit of both. Like, but either way, like it's not fun when you do that. But the goal is for us to get to this point where we're able to come and join together. And there is a blessing to be found there. So if you find yourself, maybe, maybe you're not doing this, maybe you're pulling back like this. You're not even willing to get close enough to actually rub someone the wrong way. But the thing is, once you get past this, once we get to get to this, there is a blessing that can be found in unity. Uh, Psalm 133 uh, verse 1 said, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when the brothers live together in harmony or unity. Among the, uh, so harmony or unity among the people of, of God is a blessing to the Father. For all the parents in the room, how wonderful it is when your kids can sit down for an extended period of time without fighting. Uh, and like, um, I'm, I'm waiting for that day. Um, I'm hoping some of you have actually reached that point uh, with your kids. And maybe it's the grandkids now that are doing that same thing. Um, but why wouldn't it be any different with our Heavenly Father when he watches over us um, and, and, and we, are, we are gathered in, in that one purpose? At the very end of, of Psalm 133, um, the second part of the verse, it says, For there the Lord has bestowed the blessing of life forevermore. Now, anyone know what the word bestow means? Okay, there's too many. Okay. Hands. Who? Give. Place upon. So they're, they're sort of in it's sort of a... There's a I see. I've been like, okay, who put up your hand if you know what bequeath means? So, um, don't make me look silly up here, Jim. Okay, I've got. I've got to get their respect somehow. Okay. Um, so, so it's, it's it's all those things, but there is actually an element 
of command that's in that. It's it's sort of it's not it's one of those words. Yeah, you bestow upon someone, and but there is there is a bit of force that comes with that, and so God bestows or commands His blessing over His people when they live together in unity. Like you, you imagine that. Like we're living together as one. We're 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 working together as the church. We're worshiping God. We're fellowshipping. We're we're seeing people come into His kingdom. We are growing together, and God says. I'm going to give you a spiritual high five and bless you because you are doing that. Imagine the opposite. You're a church that, like, you come in and everyone is of the mind of what can we complain about? Have you ever been in a church like that? Please don't say this one. Can't take it this morning. But but the thing is, like, someone goes, the church service went too too long. Someone goes, went too too short. Some people said it was too loud. Some people said it was too soft. Some said it was too fast. Some said it was too slow. The, 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 the pastor wasn't serious enough. The pastor was too serious. And, and you see how it goes. And then we start pointing at other people. What is wrong with you guys? Like that's, that's the feeling that, 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 that you can be in some of those churches. And, and the thing is, God looks down and going, what can I bless about this? They are all in it for themselves. They only have a unity of one. And when you have 100 people that have got a unity of one, that's not very unified, is it? God wants to bless us. Matthew Henry said, Where brethren dwell together in unity, the Lord commands the blessing. God commands the blessing. Men can but beg a blessing. Believers that live in love and peace shall have the God of love and peace with them now, and they shall shortly be with him forever. In the world of endless love and peace, May all who love the Lord forbear and forgive one another as God, for Christ's sakes, hath forgiven them. God commands a blessing in the place of unity, and Christ is present in that place of unity. Now, all things considered, that sounds like the kind of place that I want to be a part of, the, the kind of body that I want to be a part of. Like, would you agree with that? Some of you are not sure. <laughs> You're thinking, that unity of one sounds great. I get all the things that I want. No, no, we want to talk about what God wants. The thing is, I do want to talk about the issue of when we feel divided. That happens. It does happen. And, and the thing is, sometimes it happens, and, and, and because what we need for unity is we actually need good relationship. Now, time for a bit of honesty. It doesn't, don't, doesn't have to be this church. It doesn't have to be community. But anyone ever been hurt in church before? Okay. Um, some of you may have been hurt in this church. Some of you may have been hurt in a church a long time ago. And the thing is, I've, I've spoken with people this week that have been hurt by the church that they're a part of. And, and the thing is, what happens is that, again, when we're hurt, we, we, we fight, we argue, we run, um, and it doesn't actually benefit the church at all. Um, and sometimes... Sometimes we need to leave. Sometimes it is, it is the place. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's like we need to meet on that mutual ground and, and actually do things like, what is it called? Oh yeah, forgiveness. Well, we need to, to, we need to be able to forgive one another. Um, you might find that even in morning tea, someone cuts off and gets that last sausage roll. Okay. Some of you are thinking about it now and that it's building up. Okay, so you get a chance to practice this morning to forgive someone. 
In fact, I might go out early and get all the morning the sausage rolls just so everyone can learn a lesson today. But, but the thing is, I, like all seriousness, sometimes it can be something simple like that. Someone's done something, someone, and we've misunderstood something, and, and all of a sudden there's hurt. And we need to actually go, do you know what? Is unity worth fighting for? What must I do to achieve that unity? I must forgive. But they're not sorry. God doesn't care. He wants you to forgive. Now, again, you may need to have a, a, a conversation with that person to restore that relationship. But God still wants you to forgive no matter what. God wants you to take that step to fight for, for unity of the church. Um, so how do we get back to the place where of unity where the blessing of God abounds in the presence of Christ? Um, now, again, these are important and at times difficult questions. And, and because at times we can all go through it. We can all go through. It could be something someone says about you. Someone something says about something that you did in the church. Something that you wish someone, something that someone didn't say about you. You've done a great job at something and everyone has walked past and going and didn't say a thing at all. That happens. I know, I've been there. I've, 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 I've haven't said something that I should have said and I've been on the receiving end of that as well where you, you, you prepare something so great and you sort of, you just want to take a little bit of the glory that you're doing it for God. You just want to take a little bit, not too much, God, just a millimeter of the glory that goes to you. I want it to come to me. And everyone says, thank God for this. No, 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 God, me, me, put a light on me. Let, let a halo cover. And we, we get hurt because of that. And so uh, Matthew Henry also said um, something very important. He says, may all who love the Lord forbear and forgive one another as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven them. So basically he's saying for everyone who loves God, may we as the body of Christ learn to put up with, tolerate, love with all manner of patience, those around us, and when necessary, forgive them as well. Forgive them as well. Because that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus, Jesus never asked us to do something that he hasn't already done. So do you know what? Jesus has done that. He is forbearing. I don't know what the, the, the past tense word of that is. But he, is, he has put up with us. He has tolerated us. He has loved us with all manner of patience. He has been compassionate upon us to the nth degree and he has forgiven us. That sin that keeps coming up on your life, Jesus hung on the cross for you for that. That sin that you may have confessed to God 20 years ago and it has never been seen since, Jesus died for you for that one as well. And do you know what? Jesus never brings it up again. He doesn't come back and go, do you know what? You actually owe me big time and here's the list the list would be quite long the list would be substantive it would actually be cringeworthy you know when you're reminded of all the things that you've done wrong and you sort of get really small and try and disappear that's what it'd be like if jesus did that to us but he doesn't and so that forgiveness he gives is is a full complete forgiveness and he asks us to do exactly the same to follow his example How do we do that 
how do we come together when, when basically we're at a point when we feel divided? Well, the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, 18, if it is, if it is possible, as it far it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, I love this verse, but then I don't love this verse because it's got this phrase in it. It's, I love this verse because I can teach you about it. But then this verse also applies to me. So that's where there's a bit of a discomfort in this. But it says, as far as it depends on you, because often we want to change how this verse looks. We want to go, I'm going to live at peace as, as, as much as possible as long as people don't do silly things. Don't hurt me. Don't say, do, don't say something that's ridiculous. Don't do, that show up and are just as committed as me or, or don't judge me when I'm not as committed. When, when, when they do the right thing, then I will live at peace. But that verse doesn't say that. The verse, this verse puts the commitment on you and unfortunately on me to actually be in that position where, do you know what? I'm going to do the things that I would, I would want to happen. It sort of brings up that, I suppose, a parallel with like we, we love others as, um, as, or as they, we wish they would love us. Like it's not like how they love us, it's how we would wish they would love us. That's how we love them. This is the same kind of principle. And so this is important when it comes to understanding. When we feel divided, the question is what can you change? What can you do? What can you bring in so that peace will thrive? Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's doing something a little bit more. Maybe it's doing something a little bit less. Like, okay, maybe I need to step back and let others sort of step up and, and serve in different ways. Maybe, it's, maybe I, I need to be quieter and listen to other people for a little bit and so their voice can be heard. Maybe it's something else that God is imprinting upon your heart this morning. But if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. In this, we come to the realization that we are called to be one. Going back to that, the metaphor of the body, like we feel the effects when our body doesn't work together like it should. Uh, I said a few weeks ago, it's like we're saying to our body, you need to get up in the morning and say, hey guys, we're on the same team. Like, you're sitting up, back aches, neck aches, eyes blurred, like, um, and I'm going, and, and, and the thing is, like, like you go, oh, what happened to my hair overnight? Like, you just go, my body is fighting against me, and I'm going, like, wouldn't it be great if you wake up in the morning, you jump out of bed, and you go, wow, it is fantastic to be alive. Like, it would be great to do that. And the, and the thing is, again, may not happen. It might be the other side of, 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 of heaven. But the thing is, wouldn't it be great as a church for that to happen as well? To come to a point where we, when we get gathered together, it's like, isn't it great what God is doing amongst us? Isn't it great what God is doing through us? Look at what we've been able to serve God doing and look at the, the fruit that is brought to his kingdom. We are one. Because peace, harmony, unity, division and community were as important 2,000 years ago as they are today. I can't think of a New Testament book that doesn't deal in some fashion with either our relationship with God or with each other. Unity and harmony are both worthy pursuits. And it's important to remember that at the end of the day, we are one in Christ. 
Look at what Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians. As a prisoner in the Lord, then I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love and with diligence to preserve the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, and just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. It, it puts a lot of emphasis on this, doesn't it? The fact that we are called together to be one. We are, we are bearing with one another. Like... When you think about it, like bearing is is actually you're putting up with people that are difficult. Like, does that what it sounds like to you? And the thing is, we are called to do that as a church. We are called to have people who walk through that door and we go, what are they doing here? They don't fit at all. We are called to bear in love with them and, and to, to welcome them in and be this place. We are called to, to bear in love with those people that are always right. We are called to bear and love those people that don't ever sort of voice an opinion. We are, we are called to bear and love those people that um, they support the wrong football team. We, we are called to bear and love people that like have a difference to us and, and we go, oh, wait a second, I can't tolerate do that. We are called to bear and love those who have hurt us. It's, it's really clear that that's there. And then with diligence... We hear that, that term due diligence and sometimes like due diligence when we do our paperwork these days, it seems to be over the top. You've got to do excessive amount of work to actually cover all the bases, dot the I's, cross the T's. Well, that's what the, Paul is saying here. With diligence, we need to preserve unity. We need to fight for it. Like it's, it's not sitting back on our, our back feet and sort of, or sitting in the corner going, hopefully we are unified. Hopefully we come together. And I suppose in here what we look at is that are you willing to fight to be unified as, as this in this body of believers? Are you willing to fight for a oneness that God brings us to be a part of? Now, part of that is you can't fight with oneness if you aren't willing to come together. And again, this is, this is part of growing as a church because we kind of have my life... And, and then we have the church life is here and we don't want my life to invade in that space. Every now and again, we'll open up a window and we'll let people look in. Some people, sometimes we'll invite people in the door. Sometimes we invite people to be like, it just overlaps and it's great. But part of this is us willing to be vulnerable with one another. And, and that, that is a hard thing because we are, we are, we have this expectation, even as Christians, that we've got it all together. Um, okay, I'm going to tell you a bit. I don't have it all together. Um, a few minutes each day, freak out. No, no, it's probably more than that. But like, but the thing is, we, we come across problems where we go, I don't know what to do. Anyone had a problem this week where you go, I don't know what to do? Okay, for those who don't, your week's coming. Like, it's going to come up where you go, God, I don't know what to do in this situation. I don't, I don't know how to parent my child in this situation. I don't know what to do in my workplace in this situation. I don't know what, how to overcome this problem. And, and then the thing is, we get busy trying to solve ourselves. And, and I, and I, 
I sort of I need to give myself an uppercut at times because there are times that God says, I want you to run back to me and trust in me and, and fall upon me and pray. And I'm going, that's the last thing I do. But the thing is, I won't even share that with the church at times. I won't share those, those, that, that, that thing that I need prayer for because of why I've got to have it all together. Now, this is what I want you to be able to do as a church. One, if you ask that question, how are you doing, and someone actually gives you a real answer, please don't run away from them and freak out yourself. Because normally we want people to say, how's your week been good and yours? Great. That's what we want. We want that sort of, sort of no complication at all. Sometimes you'll go, you'll, you'll catch someone and they're just at that place where they want to be vulnerable. And you'll go, how's your week been? It has been horrible. Can I tell you about it? Okay, this is your choice. You can pretend you're listening. You can run away and go, oh, I think the coffee machine is, is calling my name. Oh, that last sausage roll. I need to get in line for that. Or you can actually take some time and listen to them. And you know what? I've spoken with people and I'm going, oh, I don't know what to say. That is, that is huge. That is massive. That must be so hard. Like, I don't have any words to, to comfort you. You don't have to have all the answers, but you need to be open to connect. So that's the first thing. The second thing, if someone asks you that question, are you willing to tell them? Are you willing to tell them an area of struggle? And maybe, maybe the thing is, maybe you don't open up to everyone at once. Don't go around telling everyone, okay, this is my problems. And, and like, but you might want to find that person that you want to grow a bit deeper with and go, hey, can you pray for me with this? This is what's been going on in my life. And all of a sudden, we as a church are caring for one another in a deeper way. We are called to be one. Well, as we wrap up, right in that first week that we spoke about the idea of, of gathering, we talked about the damage that happens when we go into isolation. And we talked about in prison, when they're put in isolation, it actually causes all kinds of, of social and, and um, mental sort of struggles for them to have. Um, it, it will bring about like it, when people are deprived of normal human interaction, many segregated prisoners reportedly suffer from mental health problems, including anxiety, panic, insomnia, paranoia, aggression, and depression. Now, scary thing, some of you might relate to that straight away. Yeah, but I'm not even in prison. But maybe, maybe you need to open yourself up more to those around us. And the thing is, especially over the last few years, as a society, as a culture, as we've become more isolated, we're seeing an increase of the negative um, impacts of that. And what is the antidote for isolation? Well, isn't it togetherness, community, fellowship? Are these things difficult? Is it easier and cleaner and less intimidating to live an isolated life? Yes, it is. You can have everything the way you want if you live by yourself and go, I can leave cups on the sink or I can clean them up. I can, I can put the toilet roll any way I want to go. I can leave my clothes on the floor. I can do this. I can watch what I want. All those things are fine in living in isolation. But let's apply that to the church. Yeah, you get to do church your way. You get to put as much time or as little time as you wanted to do it. You can sort of define God how you want at times. But 
It's meant to be more than that. We are called to be unified. When, when we come together, we need to remember that this place is called to be a place of blessing and presence. Consider the unspeakable joy of, of, of a dinner table surrounded by people who you know and who in turn know you. And so here's the question. What can you do today to take the step towards that table or that fellowship? How can you, we help each other today? How can we get as many people to the table as we can, like Matthew did in, in, in the Gospel of Matthew? And if you've been at the table a long time, maybe today is a good time to get up and bring someone alongside you. Maybe you feel like you are part of the church and you want to draw someone else in so they, they can enjoy the same fellowship as you're enjoying. And so as a church, we've got a number of ways for that to happen. Like, um, sort of like a, a bit of a, a spiritual advertisement here, but we've got opportunities for those who are, who are, are livelier seniors to gather once a month and to, to be impacted by their fellowship together. Um, and so be a part of that. We have opportunities for our young people to gather. We have opportunities for our men to gather, for our women to gather. We have an opportunity for us as a church to gather. We have opportunities to come together and pray for one another. In a couple of weeks' time, um, it's going to be coming up to the holidays. So for some of you, you're going, okay, no, no panic in the morning. But during a couple of those weeks, for church, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're just going to have a cuppa after church. There's, not going to be, there's going to be probably a packet of biscuits that's torn open. And so a lot of people are, tend to be away over the holidays. But I want you to, one, like still make the most of the fellowship out there, but maybe you want to do something a little bit different with it. Maybe you want to say to someone, even today, so you've got a few weeks to prepare, but you might want to say to someone today, how about you come over to my place for lunch? And we'll have some time together and, and, uh, and worship God together. Some of you go, well, oh, no, I'm not doing that. That's a, bit, that's a bit strange. I don't want to sort of let people come into my life, into my home. Why not? If you want to grow together as a church. And, and the thing is, like, and I did say this a few weeks ago, so I'll say it again. If you can't invite someone to your home, I give you permission to be a little bit rude and say, can I come over to your place for lunch? Again, if you want to let me know what you're cooking, I'll then choose who I want to invite myself to. Um, just letting you know, when I come, I bring a bit of a crowd with me. So, um, but, but the thing is, it's important for us to be able to do that, to have those conversations we never have, to talk about how we came to know Christ, to share struggles, to share joys, to share our passions about what God wants us to do. And so that's something that I can't force you to do, but I think it's a really practical thing to say, who can I invite um, to be a part of that time together? And so um, I'm going to uh, sort of um, really put that on you to be a part of that and to, to, to make the most of those weeks. So that'll be in a few weeks' time. You'll see in the newsletter. Um, and, yeah, think, start praying about who can I invite over? Who do I need to get to know a bit more? Who haven't I caught up with for a while? Um, who don't? Who is someone that maybe I need to restore a bit of relationship with and, and invite them over? Let's do that as a church. Now, again, you can you don't have to wait for those weekends. There's always ringing up, texting, email, catch up in person, even asking someone to serve with you. You, you go, hey, I need a hand. I'm helping someone else. Can you give me a hand doing that? That's another way you can actually grow together and unity as well. And so... 
I want to challenge you to do something with this idea. I don't want it just to be, oh, that time last year we spoke about gathering. Yeah, I, I, I think I can remember some of the points Pastor Keith made. We are talking this year about having impactful relationships, our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, and our relationship with the world, and how the way that we live and, and relate to one another can change the world in which we live. And so that will... Yeah, it will start with a bit of information, but it will start truly with action. And so that's my challenge for you today, to take this idea and to to develop that reality in, in a new way um, for you, your family, for our church. So let's just take some, a moment to pray. Well, I thank you that for this church. I thank you for all that are gathered here today. I thank you for those who are unable to join us this morning. And I, I pray that Again, that you would be creating in us a desire to, to be one, to be one in you and to, to gather strength, to, to gather uh, and, and feel equipped in what you want to do for us. And so, Lord, um, today, um, yeah, challenge us, convict us in what we can do, whether it's something that I've said this morning or something that's uh, totally different from that that will bring about an increase of relationship, an increase of encouragement and, and rhythm and strength and unity, an increase where we are able to, to bond and, and grow as a church together. And ultimately, Lord, we want to pray for a growth and impact of your kingdom through a church that is unified. And so, Lord, help us today to put this into action and to see the change that will happen as we receive your blessing from being a church which is unified. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.